Well, some people think that the Bible is a book of stories about great heroes. And while it does have a lot of interesting characters who do some things that are heroic and good, it's mostly a book about people who fail and mess up and sin. There's really one hero of the Bible. God is the hero of the Bible. He is the creator. He is the rescuer. He is the sacrifice. He is everything. The Bible is not primarily about these people, but it's about what God is doing in their lives. And as we'll see today, even some of the patriarchs, the the fathers of the nation of Israel, were terrible failures. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob were all sinners who failed, but God was merciful to them. God blessed them for his own glory, for his own sake. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's word. Well, let's have a little context before we dive in with our story today. So we've been talking about this family. Isaac was the son of Abraham, and Isaac married Rebekah, and they have two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob and Esau are twins. Esau was born first. Jacob was born second. And if you remember, while they were still in Rebekah's womb, or in her tummy, the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other. The older shall serve the younger. So before Jacob and Esau were even born, we're told that the older one, that's Esau, will serve the younger one, which is Jacob. Last time we had, or sorry, I think it was two episodes ago, Um, We had the story where Esau sold his birthright to Jacob. He came back from hunting. He was famished. He may have truly been very, very hungry, but he sold his birthright to his little brother, Jacob. Now, the birthright was the right of the firstborn son to inherit a double portion of what the father had. So money, land, possessions. Um, And in this case, the birthright would have also included the blessing of from the Lord that was given in the covenant to Abraham. So that covenant given to Abraham to possess the land of Canaan, to have children that would outnumber the stars, great nations, that all the families of the earth would be blessed through him. That blessing went down to Isaac. And from there, it it should have technically gone to the firstborn son. But we know that it's not going to go to the firstborn son because it was God's will, and the way it happened was that Esau came back hungry and decided to give it to his brother in exchange for a bowl of lentil soup. So that's a little bit of the context and what has happened so far. Now, a couple words we're going to hear, they're going to talk about a quiver and a bow and game quite a bit. So I think you know what a bow and arrow is. A quiver is that kind of basket on... Um, usually someone carries on their back that holds all of their arrows. It's called their quiver. And game would be the animal that is hunted. So if you go out with a bow and arrow, you'd pull your arrow out of your quiver and then you would fire it, you would shoot it at 
wild game. So when you hear those words, you'll know what that means if you're not too familiar with hunting. And we're also going to hear them talk extensively about a blessing. And I want to just explain a little bit about that. So a blessing is a little bit different than the birthright, but it often went along with it. So the birthright was just given to the firstborn son. So Esau had the birthright, but he sold it to his brother Jacob. The blessing, a father's blessing, could be given to all of his sons. And we see that a lot in the Bible. Blessing is just basically saying, may the Lord do this wonderful thing for you. It's almost like a prayer asking the Lord to do something great for a son. In a way, it's a father's wishes for his son. And fathers could give blessings to all of their sons, although usually the firstborn son got the best blessing. And in the Bible times, a father would bless his sons before he died. So that's where our story picks up today. Let's dive in. We are in Genesis, and we're starting in chapter 26, verse 34. So it's actually the very end of chapter 26. So find the big number 26 and then go towards the end of that chapter, right before we get to chapter 27, and that's where we're starting today. When Esau was 40 years old, he took Judith, the daughter of Beri, the Hittite, to be his wife, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, and they made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. When Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his older son, and said to him, My son? And he answered, Here I am. He said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Now then, take your weapons, your quiver and your bow, and go out to the field and hunt game for me, and prepare for me delicious food such as I love, and bring it to me so that I may eat, and my soul may bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food, that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. As I command you, go to the flock and bring me two young goats, so that I may prepare from them delicious food for your father, such as he loves, and you shall bring it to your father to eat, so that he may bless you before he dies. But Jacob said to Rebekah his mother, Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. Perhaps my father will feel me, and I shall seem to be mocking him, and bring a curse upon myself, and not a blessing. His mother said to him, Let your curse be on me, my son. Only obey my voice, and go, bring them to me. So he went, and took them, and brought them to his mother, and his mother prepared delicious food, such as his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best garments of Esau, her older son, which were with her in the house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skins of the young goats she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. And she put the delicious food and the bread which she had prepared into the hand of her son Jacob. So he went into his father and said, My father? And he said, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob said to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you told me. Now sit up and eat of my game, that your soul may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, 
How is it that you have found it so quickly, my son? He answered, Because the Lord your God granted me success. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come near, that I may feel you, my son, to know whether you are really my son Esau or not. So Jacob went near to Isaac his father, who felt him and said, The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And he did not recognize him, because his hands were hairy like his brother Esau's hands. So he blessed him. He said, Are you really my son Esau? He answered, I am. Then he said, Bring it near to me, that I may eat of my son's game and bless you. So he brought it near to him, and he ate, and he brought him wine, and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Come near and kiss me, my son. So he came near and kissed him, and Isaac smelled the smell of his garments and blessed him and said, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you, and blessed be everyone who blesses you. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, when Jacob had scarcely gone out from the presence of Isaac his father, Esau his brother came in from his hunting. He also prepared delicious food and brought it to his father. And he said to his father, Let my father arise and eat of his son's game, that you may bless me. His father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your firstborn, Esau. Then Isaac trembled very violently and said, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me, and I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him? Yes, and he shall be blessed. As soon as Esau heard the words of his father, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O my father. But he said, Your brother came deceitfully, and he has taken away your blessing. Esau said, Is he not rightly named Jacob? For he has cheated me these two times. He took away my birthright, and behold, now he has taken away my blessing. Then he said, Have you not reserved a blessing for me? Isaac answered and said to Esau, Behold, I have made him lord over you, and all his brothers I have given to him for servants, and with grain and wine I have sustained him. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Then Isaac his father answered and said to him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. Now Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, The days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. But the words of Esau, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Behold, your brother Esau comforts himself about you by planning to kill you. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice. Arise, flee to Laban, my brother in Haran, and stay with him a while, until your brother's fury turns away, until your brother's anger turns away from you, and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send and bring you from there. 
Why should I be bereft of you both in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I loathe my life because of the Hittite women. If Jacob marries one of the Hittite women like these, one of the women of the land, what good will my life be to me? I wonder if your kind of feelings about this story are very similar to mine. When I read this, my impression is that these people are terrible and not very kind to one another. And this just doesn't seem fair. Um, and I think that that's true to some degree. But let's unpack and go through a few layers of what this story is really all about. So first of all, let's look at all of the characters. Let's start with Isaac. So Isaac, as far as this story is concerned, we know that he loved Esau more than Jacob because he really loved um, the game that Esau hunted. So he liked the food that Esau brought in. And here in this story, Isaac is dependent on his, on his senses, on his smell and on his sense of touch. He can't see, so he depends on these other things. Um, I think that there's some, some flaws here with Isaac and the way he approaches this. Um, for one thing, he favors one son over the other, which as a parent is never a great idea. <laughs> And it seems to ignore the prophecy that the Lord had given to Rebekah, that the older should serve the younger. Isaac is determined to give the birthright and the blessing to Esau anyway. Um, so there's some things about Isaac that are a little bit off. We don't hear too much about him. Let's talk about Rebekah. So Rebekah loves Jacob more than Esau. Jacob was a quiet man. He liked to dwell in tents, so perhaps he stayed home more with his mother, and she prefers him. And here she's very deceptive, isn't she? She basically convinces Jacob to lie and sets up this whole ruse. She puts him in a costume where she puts furs on his arms and on his neck so that he'll feel like Esau. She cooks not wild game, but goats, and kind of tricks her husband into thinking that this is Esau and his cooking. Um, she's very deceptive. Okay, well, what about Esau? Well, Esau, we know, he already gave up this, um, this huge blessing, which had massive significance um, for a bowl of soup. And while he may have been very hungry, um, he was ignoring something that would benefit generations of people after him for the sake of his own, um, filling his own belly. So Esau has already acted foolishly. We also know that he's married these Hittite women who um, probably did not worship the same God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They probably worshiped idols, and that's part of why they were made life so difficult for Rebecca. Um, rather than marry one woman who also worships the true God, Esau here has acted foolishly and married two women who are probably um, probably of a whole different religion, worshiping idols, um, and so on. And at the end of the story, he's vengeful. He hates Jacob, and he wants to kill him, which no matter how terrible Jacob has acted towards his brother, it's still not an excuse to want to kill your own brother. And then we look at Jacob. 
Was Jacob innocent in this? Certainly not. He went along with Rebecca's, his mother's lie. Um, he, he seemed to have no problem with it. His only fear was that it might not actually work out. But he wasn't at all concerned about lying to his father. And he even takes, he even blasphemes the Lord. When Isaac asks him, how is it that you found the game so quickly, my son? He lies and says, because the Lord your God granted me success. Well, we know that he didn't find game at all. He went and took goats from their herd. So here Jacob lies and he lies about God, which is a terrible thing to do. So it's clear that this whole family is a mess. These people are all sinners and they're all quite terrible. But let's peel back and look at another layer of this story. What is God doing here? Um, what is his role and his purposes in this? Well, for one thing, we know that God has a plan, right? From the very beginning of time, God has promised that one of Eve's offspring would crush the head of the serpent. And God has been planning that all through. He has made this covenant with Abraham and he has a plan. He knew that the promise would flow down to Isaac not to Ishmael. He has a plan that this promise will then flow down to Jacob. So God has a plan. And that plan ultimately is that Jesus will be a distant, like great, 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 great grandson of Jacob. He comes from certain people. There's a certain lineage or a line that he comes through. And it's not Esau or Ishmael. We read yesterday that God has mercy on whom he has mercy. It's not because of anything that these people did, good or bad. This was decided before they were even born. God's mercy is not because of human actions. His mercy is because he is merciful. So the Bible is not a story of a bunch of people that we should look to as role models, but it's a story of a God who is holy and great and merciful towards people who don't deserve it. And there's one hero in the Bible that we look to, and that's Jesus Christ. Our memory verse for this week gets at this point. God doesn't blot out our transgressions because we deserve his kindness. He does it for his own sake, for his own glory. So let's read our memory verse. This is Isaiah 43:25. It says, "I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins." Well, we can take great comfort from our story that one, God has purposes that our own sins and failures can't mess up. His plans cannot be thwarted by our failures. And his kindness and his mercy to us is not dependent on us being good people. It's just dependent on himself, on his kindness, which is such a relief to me because I fail and sin every day. And if you're anything like me, it should be a great comfort to you too. I am so glad that you joined me today on Audacious Arrows, and we'll see you next time.